0: All right, welcome to The Good Rookie Show. My name is Fahim.
1: And my name is Nellie J, y'all. And we are Good <laughs> Rookie. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's The Good Rookie Show. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. What's going on, y'all? As you know, we're your hosts coming to you. From Toronto, Canada, The Six, you name it. And you know what, Fahim, a lot has changed in Toronto. Um, we, we used to have a lookalike, Fahim, uh, of Drake, right? Drake had a twin. Um, and yeah. the twin, <laughs> um, well, they called it a Drake lookalike. His name was Fred Van Vliet. And I'm sure everyone wants to hear our reaction, knowing that we are avid Raptor fans. We're not just Raptor fans because we want a chip. We've been here. You know what I'm saying? So, Fahim, we're on a new um, regime, right? Not a new regime, but when Kyle Lowry left, Fred VanVleet was assumed the leader of the team. I I didn't give him that role, but it was given by a few folks um, due to the fact that he was a six-man coming off the bench. People liked him. Um, He led the team. Kyle Lowry gave him some kind of, you know, more leadership than Tampa Bay Raptors, right? Then when Kyle Lowry left, his first year as a leader or as a co-leader, we would call it, uh, we made it to the playoffs, right? First round exit in in six games against Philly. Second year as a leader, boom, 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 boom. Now he was a free agent and he declared, you know, he wants to get paid. He is now uh, with the uh, Houston Rockets. So congrats to Fred Van Vliet being Mm -hmm. the highest paid undrafted nba player ever in history wow. getting a whopping 43 million a year 133 year contract with the houston rockets fahim what's your thoughts on the news what's your thoughts on fred and the fact that now we have a, a new i guess uh i guess uh, i guess passing up the guards here go ahead bro. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so first yeah, first of all, uh, you know, shout out to Fred Vanderbilt. Um all the best on his new team. Uh there you just mentioned the salary. and I saw something with the contract that uh it was 500. So his rookie season, he got approximately 500,000 uh for mm-hmm. the
1: for the G League, so, yeah, the D League at the right. time. Mm-hmm.
0: Now he's getting 500,000 Was it a game? It was something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. um, It's just, he's really read up. Uh, You mentioned earlier about Kyle Lowry. And I think that's very fitting. Because um, they both kind of went through the same thing. Where, uh, you know, floor general. uh, Kyle couldn't blossom. I'm sorry. Fred Van Vliet couldn't blossom um, under Kyle. Like it Mm -hmm. took for Kyle to leave. For Fred Van Vliet to blossom. And I think with the team, um, that's what's going to happen for the next person who's due to come up. I don't think that Agreed. they can blossom while they had Fred. So, um, but in saying that, he did do a post. He said he post a very nice post on Instagram. Agreed. It. But then in the post, though, he did state he went from. Uh, they talked about the 2019 championship, but then he also mentioned in there about um, being um, most hated in that. <laughs> And then yeah, after he's, he's
1: capping, I think he would, I think knowing Fred's humor, like if yeah. you ever listen to Fred's post game interviews, he's very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And I think some fans took it like he's not the most hated. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the Fred Van Vliet stands, Yes, you guys know who you are. Y'all have been very sensitive all year. Right. And I get it. You love Fred. <laughs> and I don't think any of the fans ever disliked Fred. I just think the fans were like, yo, just pass the ball more. That was always what fans were saying. No one's saying Fred isn't good. He's not great. But there was moments where you're going on tour, Fred, and you weren't passing the ball to the hot hand. We saw the most unselfish team for him win a championship that way. So the fans, the, those fans asking to pass the ball wasn't saying that he's not good enough. It's like, let's get more guys involved because if they get involved and they get hot, we all we all win, right? So I think that statement, I did read it. Um, as the most hated uh, most hated I don't think he's the most hated by the fan base at all I think people were just ready for him to move on I don't think anyone actually hates Fred like I, th- I think that's a whole cap because Fred had n- n- never been rude to the fans he didn't talk bad about Toronto he never bashed the city he never bashed the community mm. he supported us so I don't think anyone hates Fred like that's that's crazy right, yeah
0: right.
1: and
0: he contributed to our championship yeah. like you did. Like he actually got a vote for finals MVP. Um, so you know, I just saw the clips, just kind of a reminder, uh just in regards to what he did during that 2019 run, especially uh the closing game, game six, I guess it was.
1: Yeah. Yep, he had a great game massive, six massive. with the so, bandit under his eye, <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah, anacotic yeah. band-aid. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So uh Houston, real quick they i think they're getting it, it works out for, great for Houston i think having a, a veteran who's won a championship who's clearly not going to shy away from leading a team i think he's he's wanted his own team um why not give him a team full of young players and enable him to kind of groom others so i think it, it it this is worked out best for everybody
1: Yeah I mean I I mean Houston will still be a playing best team like they'll be 10th seed for the most to me the Western Conference is so competitive I'm not looking at Houston as now a playoff team however um let's be real no look at the top six teams in the west they're all going to be there again uh I think Lakers might move up but those teams are pretty solid Warriors might move down a little bit but they were six like Mm -hmm. Phoenix is still better like OKC is better yeah, yeah. to me, like you know what I'm saying. So I think to me, to your point, it's in the right direction. Um, I think they move in the right direction because Houston has been a graveyard site for like the last how since since Harden has left, it's been a graveyard type team. So I think now, it, like as a Houston fan, you got to be excited to to have a Freddie, a Dylan Brooks, you know going to bring energy they're going to bring you know um you know all that stuff to that team so yeah like i'm happy for the the city but i'm not here gonna say yeah now they're top six but i will say no. for fred i'm happy he's getting paid i'm happy he's getting the money i think that's dope i love the storyline for fred um no one hates fred i've probably been probably the most verbal about um and i've been on other shows so big up to all the shows i've been on raptor shows i've been on and i've been very frank as to yo i love me some fred but I know Scotty and other guys got to blossom. And watching them on the court this year, when frozen was on the court, they weren't getting the ball in their hands as much as when he was off the court. And so if I want Scotty to develop, Gary trying to other guys to, like, feed off that and improve and figure things out, like you said, Kyle Lowry had to leave for Fred to blossom. I think that's what we're doing now with Fred. And I really wish him all the best because I do think he's yeah. a great person. I loved his um, – his model, betting yourself. I do like the fact Um, I like this documentary that I watched fan of it's of him, his family, the support system that he has. Like this guy is a is a competitor, true competitor. And there was moments for him where our team members on Raptors were always afraid for the moment, not stepping up to shoot or drive and do stuff. And Freddie will be the only guy wanting to drive and make a basketball play. Right. And so yes, Fred may have been, you know, sometimes not the best in such situations, but in moments where our guys were kind of, were kind of standoffish and could it be because of Fred had the ball? So they didn't feel like he would give them the ball. I don't know. But at this point, I would not try to find out. I'm like, Fred, go somewhere where you can do what you want, have more freedom. And I think under Eme for him, Fred will not do what he did under Nick Nurse. Let's be real. He will be a lot more, I think, uh, engaged, and we'll be following more direction because <laughs> even for what I'm heard is a no nonsense type coach, right? Nick Nurse was very like hippie ish type of like, Hey guys, you know, <laughs> let's just figure this out as the game goes on. Let me, Oh, like Nick Nurse is kind of hippie ish type coach. So I think with Eme, the stuff, I think Fred will have a better year as a point guard and not as, this combo, I'm going to shoot first, pass later. That ain't going to work under Imei Fahim. That's why right. I think this is going to be really good. I do want to quickly talk about Drake's post. Drake talked about him, him being a look-alike, And then he trolls uh, Freddie saying, good luck with everything on the uh, Guangdong Dragons. I mean, the <laughs> Rockets. So <laughs> that, sh- that was so funny. And then Fred- Freddie responded, um, relax to uh relax to drink so i mean it's playful i think sometimes raptor fans are so like we're so high sprung y'all he said it was hated but but it was a laugh like he put the laugh emoji for him so that to me he's making a joke right but some people can't read between the lines they take things so literal so folks it was a joke he wanted to make us laugh, and honestly, Fred knows we don't freaking hate him. Come on, man! This guy was this guy was a great guy. He never bashed the city. He never was out of pocket. He he stood up for 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 the teammates, for the refs. He did his thing. You know what I'm saying? So I have no hate for Fred. I I really thank him for all he did for the Raptors. Uh, what he tried to do. Um, last year. I think his injury really was pro- bothering him more than I think he suspected. Remember, he was hurt, and he mentioned that, yo, I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm trying to figure this out. So I have a lot of grace for Fred and the thing that he did. I'm just happy that he has, he has left the Raptors, and, and he's somewhere else. Um, so what else is problem, him That's all I care about, but good luck, brother. Good luck. <laughs> well,
0: give me a percentage of the odds that he makes another All-Star team. Zero. In Houston.
1: Zero, Zero. Well, I mean oh in the Western conference?
0: Yeah.
1: Zero. Do, do you want to look up, pull up the guards in the West for him? I can pull it up. Mm-hmm. Do you want do want to exercise right now? The <laughs> guards in the Western Conference?
0: Yeah. yeah. Steph
1: yeah. Ja Kyrie Luca. Yeah. That's four. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Four. And there's yeah. two more you can add there. Probably Darren Fox, that's five. And I'm probably gonna put over uh, him um any any yeah, not Fred.
0: Okay, so off <laughs> the top of
1: my head. One because more percentage. There,
0: odds. There, there,
1: there's only six guards. Oh, probably Devin Booker over him. Like that's six right there. Six guards okay. over Fred. I agree. Um odds. Because all star is odds. like both. So yeah, those six guards over Fred with my eyes closed. And probably other guards that I think about. But again, Fred, Fred is a veteran guy. Like he does, he brings things that I think is gonna want. Um, but my thing is that like, the younger guys, again, I don't know what it was like, but we heard rumors about Fred and the younger core, what that was like, him and Scotty, like, we don't know it's true, so I really hope he takes this challenge. What he learned in Toronto, I hope he learned whatever he learned in Toronto, to be a better leader in Houston and help that team out, but having a coach like Ime Fahim, you don't really need that. Ime is pretty, like, he's he's an alpha-type coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the guy that's going to be very hands-on and help his guys develop, like, he's going to be no-nonsense, so... I don't think again what Fred was doing in Toronto is not gonna is not gonna fly with Ime. He's not gonna let Fred shoot two for fifteen and stay on the court like he's not gonna do that stuff or not bench him when he's playing selfish. He ain't gonna do that. On, he will not be doing that on Houston for him at all. That's why I feel yeah. like he will be a different type of player.
0: Do you think that he leads the team in Houston? Because remember Jalen Green, they're grooming him for he's gonna be a second second year player now. You know so this might be his leap, you know, to for more responsibility in Houston, especially in a new coach. Uh, Fred would make a good uh, mentor. But what do you think the odds are? Give me a percentage that Fred leads the team in scoring. In at what? The
1: not, not, not in scoring. I think he'll be a, a a point guard, but I think the team, I think there's a lot of big personalities there. KPJ, Dylan Brooks, Sen mm-hmm. Gun is like an MVP of the Turkish league and he's a monster like, he's going to situation where he's a veteran, but Eric Gordon couldn't lead that team. You know what I'm saying? John Wall couldn't lead that team. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if he can lead. Like, I don't know if those guys even respect him like that, to lead a team. Like, I have no clue for him. He's getting yeah. paid more than everyone else in that team. So, to your point, he should be the leader. I just don't know how they're going to respond to his style, right? Yeah. Like, these, 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 these young guys are different. They're not like how we were back in the day. So, I, I don't know... If they're going to maybe engage more with Dylan Brooks or Fred. I don't know. Or they say, you know what? We're going to follow direction coach or Ime, You're the leader and we and tell us what to do. You know what I'm saying? If so Ime says Fred's the guy, then he's the guy. But I, I don't think Ime is going to do that right off the bat. You have to earn that, right? It, it, it's a whole new team. So, um, will he be leading? That's the 50-50. He could, he could. He could be not. It just depends on how they play. If they're winning, winning solves everything. So, if they're winning with him being more involved, great. But I do think, to your point, Jalen Green. I think Sangoon is the guy. If I'm the Rockets, um, he's probably the one who has the, the better better upside because he is actually um, his when he gets bigger and grows and gets more developed, he's going to be a problem in about two three years. So I don't know. Right now, that team. I feel like this is for them to test it on. I think email will decide on who will be the focal point of this team. Until Ime decides that, we're not going to know because their last coach didn't have, he didn't pick a guy for him. And that's why they they were always like in this different transition with Ime, he's going to pick a guy to to build around. He'll pick a guy to believe in and say, this is the guy I want to build this team around. The way he plays, I, I want to b- build around this guy. So we will know that we will know when when when, when it starts, who Ime decides is going to be the leader. The focal point. We'll know. Freddie is a great role player to support whatever Ime wants to do. Right. Um, His shooting wasn't the best last season. So let's see if we pick it up with maybe having more talent around him. uh, Maybe that will help. But his shooting went down the last season. You know what I'm saying? So we got to see what happens. I mean, it could have been an off year and he goes back to where he was in 2022 season, 2021, right? I don't know. So a lot of questions for him. No answers for you yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know, happy trails. All the best for Evan
1: Yeah, man. Um,
0: this was interesting. I just want to really just kind of touch upon this very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This has to do something I, I've never thought of. And now hearing this makes me say, hmm, interesting. So Tennessee State, that's a HBCU, Historically Black College and University. And they're the first HBCU school to offer a men's ice hockey program.
1: Wow. Amazing.
0: Kind of at a loss for words. Uh, So it would make sense because there is a growing amount of black players in the NHL.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, I mean, even with the sport growing in the United States, okay. Um, just an HBCU school having a hockey team I have questions give me your thoughts first and I'll, give, and I'll ask my question real quick
1: um I think it's great I, um I read that um on the score Um, uh, so big up the score for sharing those news because I didn't really see it published anywhere but the score I didn't see it on Bleacher Report or really any other network ESPN nothing so Thanks to SCORE for really uh, always, you know, finding the nuggets and storyline. So big up to the SCORE. But yeah, the HBCU, I think it's great. I think the documentaries that have been out, so big up to Kwame on, you know, know, Solon Ice and his documentary, um, which which led to Drake and LeBron partnering on doing a story about, you know, the black hockey players, the Negro League, stuff like that, Um, the black, you know, the history of black uh, Canadians in Nova Scotia. Who you know who are big in hockey? Um, I think it all comes together, and I do think we're seeing more and more um, African, um, African Caribbean descended players um, in the league. Right? Uh, we're seeing more of that. We're seeing we're seeing we're seeing teams create and offer free health um, hockey gear because you know hockey is a very expensive sport to play. So giving kids the you know the gear to play to be a goalie, all these things that you have the equipment to play in hockey. There's so many programs, Big Up to Kevin Weeks, uh, Suban, all these guys who have programs that are, are helping these kids play hockey, invest in hockey. I know in Scarborough, they had one. I forgot who did it. Um, I forgot his name. I see his face. But they're doing so many stuff. So I think it was a time coming. What I like about it, though, is that if you're a kid um, wanting to play hockey, you know, even if, you know, you play hockey in your area, I'm not sure, there's only one school now and HBC is going to offer it. I'm looking at Fahim, how they build the program. Um, it, will, will they be partnering with the NHL? Will there be any any past hockey players joining that program to help, uh, you know, create it successfully? Because at the end of the day, having a program is one thing, but you also want it to be, you know, successful for any of the players joining it. So, I mean, it's the beginning I think we'll see more and more. Maybe more and more. It might be a slow burn, but um, ha- having um a, a, a hockey uh team or program, um, I think it's really, really, really dope at a Tennessee State. Um, and actually, let me not you know whatever. I I must say ESPN and Sports Illustrated did report on it. Um, but I didn't really see it, so I don't want to you know not also give them a shout out as well. Um, in terms of the of the actual um, the uh, who's doing it, Glenda Glover, who is the president of TSU at TSU, she stated that um, we appreciate our ongoing partnership with the Nashville Predators, the NHL team, which has played a pivotal role in our decision to pursue this historic undertaking of starting an ice hockey program at TSU and the first four at HBCU. Woo! So big up to Nashville Predators. Um, I mentioned an NHL team partnering with them. I'm like, I hope they are, and they are, which is great. So it's cool that Nashville Predators are the ones that are actually helping them push this program. Um, it's gonna help build relationships, build that within the Black community, and of course, it may help them even c- c- uh, change their fan. You know what the fans look like. Let's be real. I'm sure most of those fans in Tennessee going to games probably don't look like me and you, Fahim. So this could also be a way of them, um, you know, trying to get engage in in, in a newer group of fans, right, that they probably wouldn't have engaged with. So I think it's really dope, really, really dope. Yes.
0: So uh, as you're speaking, the Predators did cross my mind being in Tennessee. I was wondering how the connection was, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, But there is a connection, and this is why I was actually thinking this. Um, mm-hmm. PK Subban, he played in Nashville for a few years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He played for the predators. So it would actually make sense, you know, him being a black player and actually a prominent uh black player in the league playing in Nashville. I'm pretty sure he might have inspired a lot of people to to see. So it's funny how things just kind of go full circle. So mm-hmm. shout out to them. Okay. I do have a quick question on the way up before we get to our affordable culture. So, uh, Tennessee State hockey program, do you think these players, like, I say this, do you think these players are already, so you know how schools can offer scholarships, right? But when they offer a scholarship, um, okay, I was thinking J.R. Smith, for instance. J.R. Smith had no prior experience in golf, but he got a golf scholarship. So I was wondering, these players, do you think these players that are going to be, especially starting this program, are, are they going to be actively looking for black players? Or do you think that they're going to have player black players that they're going to convert into hockey players?
1: Um, I don't think they would be looking for black players. I think they want to offer this program for hockey players that are looking to support an HBCU team or a school, but they're, so hockey, said- they're hockey athletes. So, oh, so you, you I mean, think, if you look you at the HBCUs basketball, yeah, they have white, they have all, you know, creeds on HBCU so. teams. Yeah, huh. they don't they don't only recruit Black people for HBCUs. Like HBCUs are historically Black uh, colleges, universities, but the f- folks that go there aren't always all Black, right? But like, I, I think bad, that yeah. it, it gives a, an athlete the opportunity to say, hey, I want to play for HBCU. I don't want to play for, you know. Uh, PWI, right? Predominantly white institution. So I just think it's it just another layer of, hey, we can now cater to. Um, and remember, they're working with Nashville, right? The NHL team and NHLPA. I'm what I'm thinking is that they probably want to use this as a way to promote hockey. They probably want to obviously have this in other HB suits as well, because you know hockey, their fan base um, is older, which is before, and they have to engage with the black and brown community. They just have to if they want success. All the leagues that have a lot of black and brown fans, him do exceptionally well. A la NFL, a la MLS, a la, um, a la uh, NBA. Right? It's just it's just fact, right? So um I think this is a great move. Now, in regards to um, if they're going to just actively recruit, I think that's going to be the coach's job. So in colleges, the coaches it's the it's a coach's job to recruit players at the team. So whoever they decide to coach, it's a new program. So gonna pick a coach pick an a, um, actual director or, or I guess a program, right? Who wants a program, pick a coach and pick the scout for that team, the assistant coaches, right? And then all that, then they have to go out and recruit. And recruiting is a part of being a college coach. You got to go up there and recruit players. So they'll be recruiting who they can, the best that they can get to come to that school. And it'll be whoever they think will be a good fit for whatever program they're trying to build, right? Um, so looking for really good athletes, right? So that's why I feel like, you know, um, if it's, if they're black kids or not, um, I think for them, it's more to build a program, such a program. Um, just like when, you know, um, Deion, Deion, Deion Sanders had, had, had his HBCU school, he was going after athletes, wasn't black, just black kids, but like, you know, black, white, whatever color they were, he just wanted the best talent that he can get on his team. So. Okay.
0: I'm with you. All right. So, yeah, shout out to Tennessee State. Well, I guess we'll keep our eye on that for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Nelly J. Or if we go to For the Culture.
1: For the Culture, I would like to highlight individuals for the culture. And today, I want to highlight someone, Fahim, that we always big up. Um, he's a man that did not pay for Eventfully 43 million. Um, he's mm-hmm. a man that has, I think, been iconic in Toronto, in Canada, as a figurehead around basketball, around entrepreneurship, around leadership, around community, you name it. President of the Toronto Raptors, Masai, Michael Ujuri. <laughs> so he was actually born um, in England, My parents are Nigerian and Kenyan, right? He was born in England, moved back when he was two, grew up in Nigeria, right? Um, from a scout, working in the back room, becoming a GM, come to Toronto, winning executive of the year like he has been so pivotal but not only that Fahim. he does so much for the community you saw that there um they started a program to help with gun violence in toronto how do we solve this gun issue right and stuff like that where they're trying to really support they do things where they offer scholarships to creators they have a raptor fellowship a winners they do so much they try to give opportunity to coaches to creatives to you name it, right, Fahim? And so I just think that Toronto Raptors growing up, Fahim, Raptors weren't doing all that back in the day. You know what I'm saying? It was like they weren't that involved in the community as they are now. And I think that's because of Messiah. He wants to not only impact the city of Toronto, but he really helped sell the game of basketball to Canada. Pre Messiah and post Messiah are two different eras in basketball in Canada. So I just think it's really cool. Now, Because of all he's done, Fahim, in Toronto and in Canada, he was actually awarded the Order um, of Canada, and he was named an officer to the Order of Canada. And it was for his contributions on and off the basketball court as both president of the NBA team, of course, as a humanitarian, Fahim. So big up to CBC on reporting on this. Now, Fahim, uh, quite a few people do get this award. So I want to big up. All the winners of the Order of Canada who've been appointed. When you think uh, quite a few
0: people, is this quite a few people every year they get this award? Every
1: year, yeah. So so the Order of Canada, and again, y'all, I didn't even know we had this award. First of all, as a Black person living in Canada for over 20 years, I had no clue we had an award like this. It took a Black person to win for me to go, okay, what is this, right? And maybe someone, (laughs) Black has been before this, Fahim, but I don't know if they were basketball guys, right? I'm a basketball girl, (laughs) so I didn't know about this award until now. So shame on me. But yes, Fahim. So the okay. Order of Canada is a big thing. It started in 1967. So the 100th uh, anniversary of Canada being its own federation. Right. And um, essentially, um, there's three order grades, Fahim. I don't know if you know those, him, But Order of Canada has three medals of Order of Canada. Three levels. There is the um, companion, officer, and member. The companion only goes to about 15 people It's the highest level of the order you can get. The officer goes to about to 64 each year that can get that for him. And then the member of the Order of Canada go to local level um, folks and, and, and about 100 people can get that award. So there are over a thousand living officers currently today in the history of Canada living which is pretty unique. So Messiah has joined that a thousand people who have gotten this uh, medal. Um, and so again, guys, I was not aware. We even had an order of Canada and the companions and officers and members and the medal you can get. Like I did not know it was a thing, but this goes to civilians. Um, it goes to those who are contributing to the community um, to, to Canadian com- community to a lifelong contribution of work. So, yeah, Fahim, I know I shared a lot of information. You're probably like, there's all this stuff happening. But yeah, we have all that stuff. So, Fahim, what's your thoughts on the Order of Canada and the fact that Masai, uh, a man with Nigerian descent, you know, grew up in Nigeria, went to school in England, went to like having a history of that coming to Canada and being so impactful since 2013 to now, you know, 10 years later, Fahim, becoming an officer of the Order of Canada. You got it.
0: Hmm. Well, one, he he brought a championship to Toronto. Actually, sorry, let me run that back. He didn't bring a championship to Toronto. He brought a championship to the country. Yes. Uh, all across the country. Everyone was affected by that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's one thing to be a player and do it, but to literally mastermind and put it together. Um that in itself, outside of his humanitarian stuff, and which obviously has been added to this, why he got this, um, I, you know, he's left his mark. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, he's come from Nigeria. Um, his road, I think it's very, it represents the fact that it's, we're a very multicultural country. And, um, you know, it's a great story um for everybody to be inspired by some more stuff. Uh, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, Fahim, I agree with you, man. It's it's an inspiration, right? Uh humble beginnings. Um um but you know it just shows the importance of you know immigration, right? Like immigrants come to Canada and they add to the community. They help build it. They help grow it. What they've seen, what you know, like what they've experienced is so vital to what you know being Canadian is about, right? Like Canada is a land of immigrants. It's a land of immigrants. And so we seem to forget that. And that's why, you know, with the Order of Canada that was awarded to him, um, the award ceremony will be on Friday, July 8th. So uh, this will be coming up um, just now. And the award happens, um, it's like at a hill park or at Majors Hill Park in Ottawa. Um, so, but joining him will be Cree artist uh, Kent Monkman, and dozens a few pe- and dozens of people. Apparently, will also get this Canada- Canada's highest civilian honor. And so, I just think it's cr- great that you know, being a Canadian civilian doesn't mean your a p- a particular pigment or a look or feel. You're someone that's contributing to Canada. You're contributing to the country, contributing to the people, to um. To what matters to the you know to the community, you're you're helping it get better, right? You're not creating problem, you're not creating division. You want to bring folks together, and I think that's what's really what Canada, being Canada, is about, right? And so, um, I think it's really, really, really dope, um, that he's getting this award. And I think for me, I'm happy he got the award because Raheem again, I wouldn't have known about the Order of Canada, of um, if it wasn't for Masai winning it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. And him you know, you Y'all, you can actually nominate people. If there's someone that you know is doing a lot for the community, y'all, if they're contributing to doing things that was really vital to the people, them, please nominate the folks, okay, that are doing big things for our culture. Because this is how Fahim folks get recognized, right? I don't know if we are even nominating the people, them in our in our community, for to to even get this award. Because I don't even know about it. So, again... Anyone that you think um, is doing a lot locally, it could be on a national level, provincial level, doesn't matter. Please nominate them. Let's get people um, um, that are contributing to to Canada in all levels, right, uh, awarded and getting recognized. Because they do this work not to be recognized, but we want to show them that we appreciate all the work that they do. So I just think this is great that Masai won it. Cause now we know about it on the good rookies podcast. You know what I'm saying? So big up to Masai Ujiri, big up to his family, um, big up to everyone that's winning an award, uh, the order of, um, of Canada this, this weekend. Um, and yeah, I think it's dope, man. I think it's dope. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out. It's very good for the culture. Um I'm just wondering with Kyle Lowry remember Kyle Lowry he was recognized with something do you remember um one he, of the he, universities
1: he got yeah he got he got a, he got a, a doctorate
0: a doctorate yes
1: yeah okay, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, sorry it's called it's called the honorary doctorate um okay. in humanities from Nova Scotia um Acadia
0: Wow. yeah are you gonna laugh from memory or did you
1: no, I had to look it up. Man, memory. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, well, of that stuff? <laughs> I had to look that up. You know what I'm saying? Thank God for computers and internet. Shoot. Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's good to see Raptors getting recognized outside of the sport. So.
1: Question. Um, do, do you think, and, and this is why I was saying, like, do you think any other Raptor would ever get an honorary degree like that? Like what Kyle Lowry got? I think he's the only one that got one, right? I don't think DeMar got no degree either. But any any player you think on this team could get one in the future, not now, but like in oh. the future. Yeah. Uh,
0: if I no. had.
1: Okay, <laughs> say, say no or yes? <laughs> you're no. Yes, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was saying no, but I was
0: saying if I had to, maybe.
1: No, I can't. I can't think of one. How about okay. you? Do you have one? Um. I think depending on how long Siakam stays um, in Toronto, I think he can get one because he does do a lot, especially with like his program, with supplying computers. Like he does different back to school programs every year. I think Scotty Barnes with his program with scholarships, yes. I think that's okay. also big. And he does a lot of different things. He, Scotty Barnes had his camp. Um, OG went there. Um, those are kind of things that I think schools are going to like. So I think if they keep on that path, yeah, why not? I mean, he got a doctorate in, in humanities. Why? Why not mm-hmm. Pascal and Scotty Barnes if they're giving back to the community like Kyle Lowry did, and and they stay here as yeah. long as Kyle like ten years, if if they right. pay for ten years in Toronto, why why wouldn't they get a scholarship? I think I mean not scholarship, but get an honorary degree. So I think ten mm-hmm. years could be the mark if they get if they get the ten years, I think they could get that.
0: Good call, good call, Nelly yeah. J. Yeah. All right, Uh Nelly J. Let's close this out with that's absurd
1: that's absurd Fahim. what was absurd this week what was absurd ah.
0: betting and i never thought especially in so when i think of betting i think of pete rose everyone thinks about pete rose but i have to say this this absurd this week is Colts isaiah rogers He's amongst a handful of players that's expected to get a year-long suspension for allegedly gambling for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL. Gambling in the NFL? Absurd.
1: Absurd. But is Sorry. it? I mean, I feel <laughs> like every couple months a new a new NFL player is getting caught for gambling for him. Wow. I think, wasn't Tennessee? I felt there like five teams that had players that were gambling and they all got suspended. Like a few months ago, like it's just been a, a thing. But to your point, they're saying actually that their players, so the cornerback, Isaiah Rogers, and a, a DE, Rashad Berry, um, and Demetrius Taylor were suspended all throughout, they're, they're all suspended throughout this season coming up. And so that, and they can try to reinstate at the end of next year, but we don't know if they may, you know, to spend him again right we don't know right but it's just crazy how you know this isn't the first so what's absurd to me for him all the wagers that were reportedly were for between 25 and 50 dollars and Rogers uh he used all uh so he he was also used as a kick and punt returner for those who don't know but he mm-hmm. made he made roughly a hundred bets. A hundred, according to uh, ESPN, David Perdome, a hundred for him, and they're all twenty-five to fifty. He also placed a one thousand dollar wager on an over/under in rushing yards revolving his, uh, his Colts running back, <laughs> the team he's on. <laughs> the bet that bet was actually won by him as well. So first, I just it's just absurd for him. Like you're making bets, and the bets in your name, sir. Like. What, I, I, Fahim, I don't even know how they're caught. Like, my question is, how are they being caught? Because I don't think, Fahim, they're the only players betting. Let's be real. I think a lot of people are betting in, in, in their own league. Let's be real, right? But they're not getting caught. So my question is, like, we you know, we saw the NHL players that got caught betting. Well, his wife snitched on him. That's another whole story. <laughs> but, or ex-wife, whatever that was situation. Um, But, yeah, Fahim, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like betting with athletes is not a, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not like crazy, but it keeps occurring. So what do you think these leagues got to do for him to kind of, you know, um, you know, like you can't bet. Okay. But they're still betting. So it's not working. Right. It's not working. Right. I don't know what to say. It's All just right, weird. So like just don't bet people. players. Just don't bet. But clearly they're getting, ga- they, ha- they have an addiction. Cause to me, if I can't bet something, but I'm keep betting, I'm placing a hundred wagers, a hundred for him. 16 Hmm. games, 17 games a year, a hundred, a hundred. That's probably averaging maybe what, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's about five bets a week. You're making four to five, five to six bets a week. You're making right each week, but you can't be betting, sir. What's, what's going on? (laughs) It's absurd. Absurd, man.
0: It is absurd, but I think I have a maybe an unpopular opinion in regards to athletes and betting, um, so, with Pete Rose, when I found out about Pete Rose and his betting, and I found out that he was betting for his team, not against his team. Uh, once I found that out, I was thinking, well, me personally, I don't really have a problem if you're betting for your team to do something positive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, I think yeah, there's clearly lines that are being crossed, and it gets blurry if you're betting against your team. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, if you're betting on something positive for your team, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with it. So when you're saying these guys are doing these small little 25 bets here and there, um, I think what they should be taking into account is not so much maybe that they're betting, but what they're betting on is going to determine, I think, for me, if I if there's a problem or not. Um, but I think it's clearly absurd the fact that he knows as a player he can't bet and him and his his uh, his teammates got caught for it. But what's your thoughts on that? If you're betting yeah. on your team. Do you yeah. have a problem with, with athletes betting if they're betting on their team?
1: Well, I think it was a really good point. I like you brought up there because I do think um, players are going to be betting and they're betting now. They're betting now, NFL. They're betting now NBA, they're, NHL. They're betting. Hey, even refs are betting till this day, <laughs> till this day. So how about we say, you know what? Y'all want to bet? Cool. We're going to create a portal for athletes to bet where we're going to say, you're going to have your own account and we're going to give you the bets that you can make based on what games are today. And this way you can still bet, but we're going to regulate on what teams and who you can bet on. Fahim. You know what I'm saying? It's simple. Just create a way for them to bet, but in a way that you guys can control. Okay, you can't bet your own teams. You can bet on other teams in the NFL. Okay. Because yeah. to me, I don't think it's bad. If I'm a player, I'm playing for the Colts, or for the Lions. We're playing. Yes, we can not bet on our game, but I can bet on another game. What the F? You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? So, I just think that – I don't think betting will ever stop. Um, I know they – I think they caught five players. I think Detroit Lions had some guys. I think some guy from the Falcons forgot. But, uh, you know, these two guys, Rogers and Barry, both got waived from the team, right? Because of integrity of the game, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's, you know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is that, the like, it's happening with everyone's betting, right? Guys are gambling all the time. They gamble, but I just think that, why inhibited from betting from their own from their own league? That, that to me is, is, is like BS. Like, I open up Fahim, bet, bet, bet in my face all the time. Right? So now I creating people betting who have who want to bet. They can't stop betting. It's an addiction. And now it's like you're banned. And I think that's going to happen one day where a player says, hey, I have an addiction. This is not, I understand the rule, but I'm, I, I can't help it. Then what, Fahim? Then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Let's say, you know what, let's allow these guys to um, bet, but let's create a portal for athletes that they, that, that if they want to bet theme, they're going to bet through our means. And that way, we yeah. know you're betting. You can still make your money, do your gambling, have your fun. Right? Because people who are betting on these things, is fun for them. Right? So, bet through the portal. At least we can police it, and then you can see what you kind of can't bet on. It's all right. it really is. But that to me is the workaround around it because betting is not gonna stop. Betting is getting more and more involved in all sports. Right. WNBA, you name it, everywhere for him, betting is more involved. So now these guys have to stop betting. Like, no, it's too you already created a monster. The monster's been created now. Oh, but it's too late. It's too late especially now, right? Since JPA, um,
0: especially since they uh included Vegas to the party, also, right?
1: Yeah come on man like this is ridiculous <laughs> this is ridiculous is that a term the ridiculous right so again it's absurd because they got caught they should know better it's a rule you can't bet on your on the nfl come on guys but him, five were caught more were caught now and i think they're gonna catch more and more as time goes on so i just hope we find a workaround because when someone wants to bet they're not gonna stop betting it's not gonna stop it's an addiction it's like a high for them right it's just something that you just can't control so but yeah i agree with that i do want to say something um all the wigs that that they had were placed legally um so it wasn't like they were kind of placing like illegal bets they were all legally placed but they made them at team facilities for him so that was the biggest issue as well so
0: all right All right. Nelly J. Good episode. Let's put this one in the books.
1: Y'all, that was the good rookie show. <laughs> so, uh, it's time for a shout out. I actually had a really good shout out and I got it. I'll look up what I was going to say. Um, but definitely wanna big up um uh, Masai for winning it. I definitely wanna big up um, you know, Fred Van Vliet. I think him getting paid most paid. Uh, undrafted player better on myself he's been betting on himself for him and the bet has been has been good you don't think about bets (laughs) that's been a good bet that he placed on himself so i love it unlike dennis Schroeder, who bet on himself but kind of you know with the wrong bet (laughs) so the on yourself can go wrong as well but at least uh, freddie's bet was always you know on green (laughs) it's always in a positive but I do watch out Dennis Schroeder. He's our new point guard on the team. I like, I, I really like that pickup a lot for him. I also want to pick up the Hoop Queens Summer League. Um, they actually uh, finished their championship weekend, um, and so uh, Team Roadrunners won. Um, uh, they actually defeated the Sultan seventy-two to sixty-two. So big up to the Team Roadrunners for winning the twenty twenty-three Hoop Queens summer league championship um, and that's about it my dear that's about it for me what you got Fee?
0: Um, my shout out is gonna be simple shout out to Lou Williams who's retired mm. uh, initially uh, Lou Williams someone straight from high school um, he was drafted like late in the second round I think he might have been the second or third last pick like really deep um, didn't play very much. He, he went straight to the G League, or at the time it was the D League. And uh, made a, made a, found a niche for himself off the bench later. And, uh, you know, a legendary uh, six-man of the year. Mm-hmm. Great career. Uh, talk about knowing your role. You know, so, I mean, he didn't get a championship. Um, but that's... I think that's what we have to start, stop doing is judging people's success on winning a championship. A lot of people had a lot of contributions and Lou Will, he's contributed um, in many ways and probably inspired a lot of people uh, in regards to knowing their role. So, shout mm-hmm. out to Lou woods.
1: That's so cool. That's so true, man. Lou, uh, you know, he was definitely a guy that, you know, when he had his two girlfriends in the stand in Toronto and you know him going to uh, get get wings in Orlando. That man is—he's iconic. Biebs <laughs> like, what a great player, and I'm like, yo, this guy was <laughs> <up with> something, <laughs> something else. <laughs> he was something else, man. But you know what, <laughs> Lou, as you said, great player, uh, knew his role, six man. Um, I mean, what a really a really great six man for sure. Uh, so Remember yeah, I how think much times he's
0: won the award, M- Melly J. Pardon me? Remember how many times he's won the award?
1: Yeah, I think it was like three or four. How many times you he won? got it. He
0: won three times.
1: Three times. Okay, yeah. I know it was a couple times. A couple times. Couple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do also want to self-correct myself because I did say Fred Van Vliet was the highest paid undrafted. Right. He had the largest contract for an undrafted player. Because I don't know if maybe someone has got paid more than him throughout their career. As an undrafted, yeah,
0: uh, I think you might be safe with that, especially with yeah. contracts we are going now. The largest
1: contract uh, for an right. undrafted right. player. So I don't really know, like, in terms of uh, career earnings, I- I'm not sure if he has the most earnings um, ever right. as an undrafted player, but that right. contract right. that That's he signed but, uh, is the highest, yeah, largest contract for an undrafted player. So I wanna just make sure I, you know, dot my I's, cross You're my T's, and say, Freddie, good right. luck. <laughs> hello All
0: then LEJ, let's get this episode in the books
1: yo this was a good rookie show y'all as you know if you had a good time and you enjoyed yourself please like and subscribe and tell a friend to tell two friends Bahim
0: we are on all platforms you know what it is that's a good rookie show and we out